welcome everybody to the next uh, episode of the ClearlyCast Yasco podcast brought to you by Kedco and JC Innovations. Jody, great to be back with you today as we talk with Scott Ryan from Diffuse Synthes. And Jody yeah. will always say that you can't spell Casiasco without us. And so this series is to really help to profile some of the stories of the people that are in our community that have chosen to come here from elsewhere, what they love about the community, what they find unique and special, what is really clearly Casiasco. So Jody, I'll turn it over to you to get us started. Welcome, Scott. Scott, welcome. Thank you, Al. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Jody. It's great to have you on the podcast. Um, so I'm not too familiar with, with you, and I'd really love to learn more about you and, and your background. Um, so give us your origin story. How did, you, um, how did you end up doing the career you're doing where you're doing it? Well, uh, I grew up in a town very much like Warsaw in Southern Ohio. And um, then uh, I've been a lawyer practicing since, since uh, the early 90s. And my career has taken me uh, many different places. Uh, I started out in St. Louis. Uh, I ended up then going to live in Switzerland for several years. Moved out to Seattle. Now based in Warsaw. Um, and uh, I've worked with both in private practice when I was in St. Louis and then with uh, Medtronic, which is has a manufacturing facility in, in Warsaw area. And then now with to Pew Synthes, which is part of Johnson & Johnson. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's been uh, an interesting journey for me going, you know, not quite around the world, but in different locations, but sort of ending up in the same place that I started, which is uh, uh, a town uh, about the same size. Um, and so that's, it's been a nice journey. Yeah, right on. Um, so when, when, as you're going along this journey, um, when did you um, like? When did you meet your wife? When did when did you start forming the the family unit? And as you're going along, what was your perspective in each of these locations um, as the, as you guys were journeying? Um, I was married in 1990. Mm -hmm. uh, we have three girls who are now 22, 20, and 17. Um, and I've really enjoyed actually every place I've lived. Each place has had a lot to offer. Um, as I mentioned, I started out in St. Louis with school. I went to Miami, Ohio undergrad, um, and then uh, went to law school in St. Louis, lived there for several years. And um, St. Louis was, I think still is really a neat city, uh, particularly for its size. Uh, it has a lot of culture, um, a lot of great restaurants, uh, just it's, it's a very engaging community. Um, my wife and I had just bought a house in St. Louis, I guess six months uh, we've been in the house and a college friend of mine called one day and said, I'm working for this company in Switzerland, would you be interested in a job? They're looking for a lawyer. And so how can you say no to that? And so we just bought a house in uh, six months ago, we sold it three months after that and moved over to Switzerland. And that was from 96 to 2000. Uh, and that was a fantastic journey for all of us, both from a professional and from a personal standpoint, to get experience the culture. I was the lawyer for uh, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So I got to experience all those different areas, all those different cultures, and do a lot of really interesting work. Um, and uh, 
just the chance from a family standpoint to really engage with all those countries and cultures was, was wonderful. Um, uh, I wanted to uh, take on more of a general counsel type role as I near the end of that period. And so was able to transfer with Medtronic from there into an office in, in the Seattle area. Gotcha. And uh, that was back in 2000. And by that time we had two girls and we lived in Seattle uh, through about 2008. And Seattle is, it is a great community. Um, it's you know, far from, it seems like seemingly far from everywhere, but um, it, it is just, it is vibrant, it's continued to grow. It's amazing to me now coming back to visit how much it has continued to grow over the last even 10 years with uh, Amazon and Microsoft continuing to grow. But um, after being here, uh, one, one of the things I've done is I've had a lot of experience in dealing with uh, healthcare compliance, rules regarding working with surgeons and physicians. And um, there was an opportunity to continue to expand on that experience with Depuy Synthes in, in Warsaw. So we moved uh, back to Indiana in uh, 2008. Uh, and for the first seven years of that, um, I actually lived in Carmel, Indiana, and had an apartment in Warsaw, and I would go back and forth, spend most of the week in Warsaw, and then weekends back in Carmel. Now I live full-time in Warsaw for, for about the past two years. Um, and uh, so it's been quite a journey, getting getting from, you know, from where I started in St. Louis to Warsaw. It's, it's one of those journeys that I couldn't have planned ahead of time, but it's been rewarding at every step along the way. Sure, right on, right on. And so you find yourself kind of back in the same situation. It's it's kind of similar to my story. Um, as I've traveled around, um, and I don't know if you can if you can relate to this. I'm sure you can. There's some quintessential uh, intangible um, attributes that are uh, very valuable in a town the size of Warsaw uh, that really I took for granted until I was out and about. And then when I come back in, I mean, it's just like you uh, you experience that hometown small town feel um and what i discovered about warsaw and you you tell me if you found the same thing it's that small town feel but it consolidates a rather large industry into that small town so it's kind of this weird fantastic combination of the two environments that is that is really true when i interviewed here the first time um I really wasn't quite sure what, never having been to Warsaw, I really wasn't quite sure what to expect. But um, I compare it versus where I grew up as an example. And Warsaw really does have that combination of the sort of the small town feel with the dynamism that you would see in a larger city with the with the industry that's here with and all of that that comes with it. So that in my experience anyway, Warsaw really is more of a unique community than I think most people think of when they think of small town. So, uh, so how long have you been in Warsaw or in the Warsaw area? Uh, full time, about two and a half years. Two and a half years. So you came in in 2008. That was right at like that the um, the major thrust or push of the the remediation efforts, right? When things exactly. started getting. That's what brought yeah. me to Warsaw. That's right. Right. That's right. 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 So you got to see that whole flux of you know massive populations of talented people being put to work on on uh, documentation and remediation 
efforts and then also trying to balance you know all the other activities going on at the companies as well as life yeah it, it was a hectic time for for everybody um you know it was sort of a, a baptism by fire and i think that's true for across the industry not just not just at depew um but it, it really did i think help galvanize and bring people together um so from the standpoint of you know developing personal relationships developing a sense of community whenever you have that kind of a concentrated engagement it actually does help really develop your life outside the company as well so coming in from some other place into the company into the community that actually was really helpful in that sense oh sure yeah yeah when we started doing it there was a there was a definite need a desperate need to corral the troops and provide some moral inspiration so we were doing things that um, like team building exercises to help everybody get on the same page as well as bond during this this effort so yeah that's a great time to come in and kind of network and get to know the people on your team so um you came into depew so give us a little uh give us a little idea or give us an idea of how what you do for depew and and uh, how you relate to that role? Yeah, I'm uh, uh, Vice President of Law for Depew Synthes, and so my responsibility um, is for our facility, our joint reconstruction business in the U.S., of course, based out of Warsaw. I also support a uh, what we call our, our power tools business, which is based in West Palm Beach, Florida. So I'm basically the commercial lawyer so any kind of commercial contracting, commercial relationships, those are the things that I manage. So strategic relationships. I do a lot with our sales and marketing organizations. Uh, do a lot with uh, now software and cloud-based work as we continue to expand into that. We also have two patent lawyers who are based in uh, Warsaw. So I work closely with them and they're responsible for all of our intellectual property type work and our patenting that comes out of the Warsaw facility and, and even more broadly based than that. So I guess you can think of it as sort of, we're not necessarily general counsel, but somebody who really, we have our hands in a lot of different pies when it comes to helping to not only address legal issues, but being on site, really understanding and being a part of the business team and helping direct the, the business of the diffusion of these company overall when it comes to joint reconstruction and also then to power tools. Right on. Uh, but uh, it, it's been, it's a great place to work. You know, we're part of Johnson & Johnson, uh, which is a great organization. And I can't say enough, truly, I can't say enough positive things about J&J. Um, and I know J&J bought Depew back in, uh, back in the 90s timeframe, late 90s timeframe. But the nice thing about being at Depew is it is part of Johnson & Johnson. Um, but it does have a flavor of its own. Um, it really does have that, it has managed to keep that sense of itself uh, and not sort of get lost in the overall Johnson & Johnson family. Um, so you do come to Depew and you come to Depew as you have your Johnson & Johnson part of yourself, but you also have a little part of yourself that's still Depew. And there's a lot of pride that the people in the Warsaw facility have in what we do. And that's not only in the in what I do, but also in manufacturing. It's also in shipping. It's in any kind of department that we have there. Um, that's 
there's a unique sense of pride. I think about the other places where I've worked. Um, and there's pride not only in the company, but there's pride in, in the city. Um, and, and I think that's also, in my experience, and I'm sure it's to other places, but for me anyway, it's been, it's been really uh, a special type of, type of environment to come into. I mean, you really feel not only are you part of a company when you start there, but you're also almost part of the community because that's part of who you are as, as part of the organization. So I, I think that Depew and Warsaw really have come together very nicely for me. Um, and it's just been, it's been very positive. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, how are you guys dealing with um, this interesting year? Yeah, it, it, it's been a, a challenging for for everybody. I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, we are like most places. If you need to work at, at uh, if you need to be on the facility, you're there. So like our manufacturing people are there. I know Zimmer is the same way, and other organizations are the same way. Um, like we're doing today, if you have an opportunity to work remote and you can do your job remotely, that's what people are doing. Um, in the medical field, we've seen a drop off in in certain types of medical procedures. Um, hospitals have been focused on COVID. Hope they've not had an opportunity to focus on other things. What we're starting to see, as not just in orthopedics, but just in, in medical in general, hospitals are starting now to come back uh, and um, start resuming elective procedures. We're starting to see the industry as a whole started coming out of this trough. Um, and I think there's really a lot of positive momentum. Um, like everybody else, though, our, our employees share their, you know, they have concerns about COVID. People in their personal lives have concerns about COVID. Um, I, one of the things that I'll say, I've said, mentioned about Johnson & Johnson. Johnson & Johnson has done just a great job of engaging us. Yeah, as not only employees, but truly as individuals and as people and making sure that we feel like that we have Johnson Johnson support, engagement, resources, help us sort of manage our way through this. Um, okay. And Johnson Johnson has just gone over and above board to help us here okay. at the Warsaw facility. I heard, uh, I heard something really fantastic on the radio. Um, Kathy Haddad, Haddad um, who I used to work with, and uh, I think Rob Pope uh, were putting together some sterile shields and it was some crazy number of sterile shields that they like face shields that they had created and donated. And I thought that is incredible. That's, you know, that's kind of that grassroots um, person being invested in the community type of relationship right. we were talking about. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. We see that in so many different ways. And I think that's just, that's a great example in a really tough period for people to, to, to have that focus and to really want to contribute. We just see that so many, so often at the Depew facility, people are contributing in, in small ways, large ways, and that's a great example of that. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, this is Alan. I probably have some questions at a more high level. So sure. the great thing about Jody and, I, Jody and I working together is Jody's engineers. He's going to get details and specifics. And I'm a little arts major, so I'm going to get more ideas and and you know philosophy and and uh, you know. So want to talk a bit about leadership and then about the community involvement, in the community ideas for the community, and see where that takes us. So, Scott, we know you're a leader within the Diffuse Synthes uh, team. 
Um, you know, I'm curious if you could share with us how, how your role, how you've grown in your leadership, you know, what your leadership style is like, you know, what we can learn from that. Sure. Um, I think that the leadership style is, is like anything else, if you're around long enough that it, it evolves and also if you're around long enough, you start to see things loop back around again and and, and, and you revisit things. Um, I think from the standpoint, I think for me, the, the leadership has really developed into um, when I first started, it was more of a focusing on leading projects into focusing on helping people. It becomes much more personal over time. Um, and, I, and I think that's been, uh, it's certainly been rewarding for me. I think it's it's better for the people that, that you work for as well. So as I think through, I guess I'll answer it in a couple ways. Um, one of it is like, from, just from a personal standpoint, you know, part of leading as a, as just you know, as a person is becoming engaged, um, whether it's in, you know, I go to Sacred Heart, so I'm, I'm you know, part of Sacred Heart in Warsaw, or just getting involved in the community. It's not so much leadership, I don't think, as it is just wanting to be engaged in part of the community. But I think there's a leadership element that comes with that. Um, but also at, at, at work in that context, it's um, how do you identify what really matters? Um, in, ter in terms of where's the organization going? What does it mean for patients? What does it mean for, for physicians? What does it mean for the community where you're located? It really is an exercise in where do you want to take yourself? Where do you want to take an organization? And why do you want to take it there? And then how do you, how do you bring people into that with you and um, help them to understand and help yourself to even better understand what it is you're doing and why, and really drive drive in that direction. How do you see that playing out uh, in the company? Are there certain uh, pr processes you use, or is it using uh, tools like Slack or Teams or other things that help to make that possible? This gets back to, I, I could segue back to your question of, you know, how are we doing things in this new environment? Um, we're really experimenting like everybody else with a lot of the technologies, like we're on Microsoft Teams today. I've had numerous Zoom calls every day. Um, <clears throat> those are probably the two that we're using most frequently. But I think what we're finding is what other organizations are finding, and that is these really aren't short-term technology fixes. They're really longer-term technology opportunities. And how can you, six months from now, 12 months from now, continue to use these types of technologies in ways that we really never thought of before. Um, we do a lot with surgeon education, so and a lot of that traditionally has been face-to-face. -face. What we've discovered in talking to surgeons is a lot of them are thinking, you know, it's sort of nice, actually, they don't have to travel places. I would really want to continue to use this technology. So how as an organization, how do we work with our surgeons in a way that recognizes that their practices are changing? And sure. how do we, and how do we you know, work with that in a new environment. So we're looking at a lot of different ways to leverage this technology. And I, I don't think that we will find ourselves going back to the old normal. It really mm -hmm. is going to be a question of how do you combine what you had in the past with this new way of working together to come out with this new model, not only in terms of how do we interact with customers, how do we interact with employees, how do we interact with individuals? How can we take advantages of this kind of thing for the, what we're doing today? 
I think we'll continue to see and come up with creative new ways to really stay engaged um, in, in ways we never thought of before. It's a really an exciting time to be in 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 this really unfortunate situation because there, are, you know, there's so many things that you can come out of it. Yeah, it's been interesting to see some of the technologies percolate to the surface that um, I think are going to be. Uh, incredibly valuable in this new normal. The virtual reality thing seems to be hitting pretty hard right now, especially in the area of uh, medical education. So exactly what you're talking about, where you can leverage these kind of technologies and uh, there's benefits in having them uh, that weren't realized until they started to be employed. And there was like an aha, like, oh, you know, these these could be useful anyways. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for, from my standpoint, one of the good examples of the technology is what we're doing today. Um, you know, I, I've met with Alan in the office. We've talked on the phone. You know, Joe, you and I have not met before. If we were not taking advantage of these technologies, I'm not sure we would have met yet. Yeah, um, right. So, um, it, it, in a strange way, it allows you to be more interactive uh, and to meet people that you probably might not have met before. Um, so, it, it does sort of expand your network. Uh, and gives you the opportunity to to learn new things, appreciate new things, um, and just develop relationships and, that you just wouldn't have had before. So we uh, we like to say that leaders are readers, and so you know as we as we are going forward, I mean, I'm curious, what are you reading these days, or where are a couple of places you look for ideas? Are there podcasts? Are there places you look for for inspiration? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I just read an interesting book, um, and it, this gets back to the whole. This is gets back to Warsaw, and uh, it's a book called the, uh, "The Little Way of Ruthie Lemming," and it's written by Rod Dreyer. And it Rod is a columnist and formerly worked with uh, newspapers in D.C. and others, and he grew up in a small town in in Louisiana. And it's a story of. Uh, and his sister and his parents stayed in, in this small town. And it's his sort of journey from <clears throat> moving away from that town to live in larger cities and sort of chase a, a progress, uh, professional path to really coming to appreciate and understand what he had missed in leaving where he was from initially and the value of family and the value of stability and those types of things. Um, and, and it, that for me has just been coincidentally, as, as we sort of think through this call and what we're talking about today, really impactful um, because it really did speak to what it means to be part of a community um, it, and, you know, the changes that he was willing to go through personally to really engage with that back again. So, um, and I guess for me, I would recommend that book. That that was one I just finished two days ago. Um, right. from, uh, from a professional standpoint, as far as leadership goes, um, Johnson Johnson and Pew Synthes has a lot of internal resources that they make available to us. So how can you be a better leader? How can you be a better motivator? How can you be a better business person? Um, <clears throat> and I really take advantage of those those quite often. Um, I think the other thing is uh, you learn a lot about leadership, whether it's from a professional standpoint, community standpoint, ever, 
by taking the opportunity to get engaged with people at all different types of no matter what they do. Uh, there's all there's uh, I, I find a lot of the leadership lessons that I learn. I learn from not so much from reading or from podcasts, but just from the people that I interact with. Um, there are so many great examples of, of, of leaders in my organization. Um, yeah, you know, what we're doing today is a great example of that for for the uh, setting up these kind of calls, giving people the opportunity to become engaged. Um, you know, Alan taking a leadership role. I mean, yeah, I mean, I truly, I mean, I'm learning a lot from Alan and his leadership style and how I can take some of those lessons into what I'm doing, how you can see communities differently. So as I, I know that's a long-winded answer to your question, but I think for me, leadership is, is not so much a question of reading, it's a question of listening and watching. Fantastic. I appreciate that perspective. And thanks, you know, thank you, Scott, for your support here uh, in the Warsaw area. I guess you know, mentioned the book uh, you shared, uh, uh, you read that uh, about the experience of living or even missing out on living in a smaller community. I mean, you know, if, if you're working with folks uh, or considering hires that are looking at whether to live in Warsaw, whether to work in diffuse cities with the organization, I mean, how are you sharing the story? How are you uh, maybe selling what we have to offer and the experience we have in the Warsaw area? Yeah, it's hard. I think it is hard for people who don't come from a community like this, who've grown up in a, in a larger environment. It, it's hard for them to understand sometimes what the community has to offer. So we do have to really help them understand and explain it. Um, <clears throat> and it really comes down to being personal. Um, you, you have to really relate your own story to people. Um, and you know, go beyond this is the population, this is there are these are the other companies that are here. You really talk about the community, the sense of community, the sense of belonging. Um, I story and a story I tell people was um, when I moved here from Seattle, I was uh, driving up from Minneapolis one day to go to work and um, I just come up on 13 North and got up to Route 30 and my alternator went out of my car and I'm, so I'm sitting in this gas station with the hood up and a guy comes by in a truck and asks what I'm doing and I, I got to get to work and he says, I'll take you to work. I said, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm several miles down the road. He goes, that's okay, I'll take you. And so they're just good people. There are so many good people here. And to me, having come from Seattle, that just wouldn't happen in other places that I've been. And so you really do have people who care for each other, who will go out of their way to help each other. Um, and there really is that level of uh, caring and community that you almost can't create, but just a part of where you are. And so I think the more we can help people in, uh, in Depew understand that the strength of the community is, is really there. It's really in the people. It's really in what, how we, come together as, as a community, not just as a city, but as the whole, the community has a whole sense of itself. And to me, that example of just the guy coming up to me, saying, I take work, that, that speaks to me of Warsaw, that speaks to me of the Midwest, it speaks to me of Indiana, that speaks to me of, um, what are you really gonna get when you come to Warsaw? It's, it, it, there's just so much more that you don't, than, than you would, than you might think.
Right. So that that seems like that might be the secret sauce, right? The people just don't quite until you're here, you don't know it, right? But um, I guess I am curious. Are there a couple? Are there any kind of well kept secrets, things that you've come across that really surprised you, as far as amenities or, or things to do or experiences or ways you've been involved? I mean, plenty of well kept secrets. But what are a couple that, that really have uh, resonated with you? And on top of that, once you once you answer that. Um, can you come from the perspective, maybe lean a little bit and come from the perspective of how your wife and kids may interact with the area as well, so that, um, that people who are listening or thinking about their family unit coming here? I think some of the questions and concerns are, what are we going to do, you know? Yeah, I, I will say, um, <laughs> truthfully, I think if, if you have children, that is a perfect time to come to Warsaw. Um, there are families have interact in so many different ways, whether it's through school, whether it's through church, civic organizations. Um, children are important, families are important, and you see just a lot of people interact at that level. That's a good place to develop friendships. Uh, you talk about what to do. Your kids sort of create the things for you to do when you come with kids. Um, uh, people are very open. They're very welcoming. They want to share. Um, so if you have children, you're in the Warsaw schools or what have you, um, it, it's an easy way for you to become part of the community. So if you think about what you want to do, you know, what do I do when I come to Warsaw? <clears throat> uh, you be, your family becomes part of the Warsaw family. Uh, you know, they are Great Lakes here. The, the school systems are good. Uh, it's safe. Kids can go out and do things that kids do. Um, so if you do have children, I mean, it, it really is a nice place to be. Um, if you're coming in as somebody somebody without kids, I think that, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. I think there still is that opportunity to really become a part of the community, whether it's through church organizations or civic organizations or groups like this or uh, business organizations, there are a lot of things when you look for them that really help you become part of the community. Again, I think as, as leaders in the, in the Warsaw community, part of what we uh, need to look to do, what we're doing through, through Alan and, and, and this team, is how do we make those types of things more visible to people? Because I think when you do see them, you realize that there really are, there really is a lot you know, to do here, um, not just from how do I keep myself busy, but how do I become part of where I am? Brad, what do you think about the restaurants? Oh, that—that uh, is, I would say, that is a nice thing too. And I compare it versus the where I grew up, um, and we didn't have the industry there. Um, and in, in Warsaw, you do see you know, restaurants you typically wouldn't styles of restaurants you just wouldn't see in other smaller communities because you do have the a wide cross-section of people who do a lot of different things. Um, you have people who wide different variety of work, wide different variety of family circumstances. They come from different places. And so people have, Warsaw has more of a um, national and even sort of a global sense of itself. When I think about Depew and Zimmer Biomet and all the industries that are there that support it, and you do see that in in the restaurants. We just have uh, you know a wider variety than I think you see in other places. And it has uh, when I first came here and went you know went to Cerulean, 
and and now it's still Noah Noah. You can find great sushi in Warsaw, and that's tough to find in a lot of smaller towns in the Midwest. Yeah, right on. That's right. And I think there's a new sushi bar opening downtown as well, so there's, there's more to come. So, Scott, is there anything you think we're missing in uh, in Warsaw or Kaskas County? I think you'd like to see us add in the future. You know, I think what I'd like to see us add is um, to really build on what we're doing here. I, I think what we're what Alan's doing and what this team is doing um, is really laying a lot of groundwork to continue to build the to build the community. Is there something that I could say we need this, that, or the other thing? I don't. I don't think I would say it that way. I would say. Um, how can we as um, people in the community really try to continue to grow Warsaw as a place for innovation, as a place for families, as a place for community, and how can we continue to grow opportunities? I think as we continue to explore what we can do, opportunities and things that we think, wow, let's do that or let's do the other thing, will just sort of come organically, naturally. Um, I do think that uh, we've talked before, Alan, about um, you know, uh, how do we do things with this? How do we raise the visibility of the benefits of Warsaw to people who are coming in from someplace else, not just from the people who are going to be working here, but for spouses and families? How do we make them better understand the, the true value and beauty that the Warsaw community has? Um, how do we increase the level of um, business creation, innovation? and those types of things to, to make Warsaw even more of a center of industry than it is today. And then as you focus not as you focus on the personal side and as you focus on the business side, those things come together really well to help really take the community from where it is to continue into the future and continue to grow. But, and I agree with you, Scott. I, uh, as a quick aside, you know, we went through a benchmarking project about a year and a half ago. You know, we stack up pretty well to peer cities around the Midwest. We have a lot more to work with along the lines of, of being able to support innovation, entrepreneurship. We're focusing there, but also a lot more, a lot more uh, uh, at risk, if you will, as far as uh, we want to build in our legacy and keep, you know, make sure the community is part of what's happening in the future, both in the agribusiness and orthopedic industries, and as well as just having a very unique kind of Midwest uh, environment, a, a place to live, live or work and, and play, or live, earn and, or learn. So, um, it, it's certainly a lot of opportunity ahead of us. I guess, you know, along those lines also, I'm curious, you know, your vision for the community, you know, where do you see Warsaw and Kaskaskia County as you look ahead? I continue to see it really being a growth growth opportunity. Um, with the sort of the, the core industries that are here and then the the satellite industries that build up the support industries that are in the, in the neighborhood, um, there's just tremendous amount of creativity here. Um, and I think we have the opportunity to really continue to grow and develop that. Um, people who are people who have great ideas um, that are looking for opportunities to develop them here. There's just a tremendous amount of support, intellectual capital, creativity. I think as, as we can continue to help nurture and foster that, I think that we really have the opportunity to continue to grow what we have here and grow as a community uh, from a from the standpoint of business, industry, creating new jobs, creating growth opportunities. Um, I think the future for Warsaw is really bright. I really do. And and not just Warsaw itself, but the surrounding community. I'm really bullish on the future here. Okay. 
down. So if you were to narrow that down a little bit and say Depew, what is what is Depew and Warsaw? Do they have any uh, immediate needs, or do you project any needs within the next year or two? You know, um, one of the things I remember from when I was here with with Medtronic, I think that's still true today, is um, machinists. I remember when that when we were with Medtronic, one of the things that there was a shortage of was just machinists, and and so I know Ivy Tech has been really focused on developing um, uh, skill sets in a lot of a lot of areas. I think from a, the standpoint of what are some opportunities, um, I think it's opportunities not so much in terms of you know, lawyers and finance people and what have you, but there's opportunities for job creation all across the board here. Um, and I know Ivy Tech has done a great job at really trying to get in to that, understand what it means and develop some skill sets for people and create jobs. Uh, so I think as we think about Ivy Tech, as we think about this team, it also is uh, how do we create jobs at all levels of the organization? How do we make this attract all levels of the, of the city? Excuse me. How do we make this an attractive place for people no matter what you do? And so I think that the the personal element, the professional element, um, I think we can think about that in, in broad, very broad strokes as we get, continue to try to grow the, the community. So the the question we, we try to lead up to with our uh, our interviews, our discussions here on this uh, Clearly Kosciuszko podcast uh, is as we as we think about the Clearly Kosciuszko brand that the uh, the good folks at the Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams have developed. You know, what does Kili Kosciuszko mean to you? If we use that phrase, Kili Kosciuszko, what it, what is that? I guess I, I I would say that gets back to the maybe using the pride using the pride in Depew as the example. Clearly, Kosciuszko to me means the the pride and the sense that Kosciuszko has in itself. You know, what makes it unique? It, it does have it has a unique sense of itself it has pride in itself um and i think that you know as a Kosciuszko community you know how do we continue to grow and develop that i i just think that there uh is a tremendous sense of opportunity uh, there's there's a sense of belonging you do have you do appreciate coming into Kosciuszko that you you're coming into some place that has a sense of itself and I think when you come into a place that has a sense of itself and being small, it's it's a it's a concentrated sense. It's a, a sense you can feel sometimes. It's also in some senses it's tangible in a way. Um, and I think that's where really a lot of the opportunity lies is there's a lot of connectedness. There's a lot of community. Uh, and I think that people really do want to take and continue to grow Kosciuszko and take it from from where we were to where we are to where I think we can be. I think there's a shared sense of that across the community. Right on. So uh, anything that uh, you want to highlight, promote about uh, um, Brian Scott or um, DePew? Any technologies, anything you want to let people know are coming down the pike or that you've already launched? Yeah, I we have these uh, first in class products. We do hips and knees primarily out of the Warsaw facility. Um, we have uh, first class engineering 
product development, manufacturing talents. Um, uh, we really do. I, having worked with different organizations in different parts of the country and different parts of the world, um, the team in Warsaw is just first class. Uh, and uh, you know, we will continue as Depucinthes to roll out new products, new technologies that take advantage of uh, new developments in software and cloud-based services, as well as our traditional uh, implantable products. So I think you'll continue to see us grow not only as a medical device company, but also into now as sort of a medical technology company. So we're growing as well and um, looking to the future as how we can continue to grow and, and become a continue to be a leader in the organization. In the in the industry, excuse me. Fantastic. Well, hey, we, Jody, thank you for again joining, uh, helping co-pilot here today, and uh, Telly, thank you for for leading us through, and Scott, thank you for joining us and talking with us today on the Philly Costco podcast. We appreciate it very much. It's been great. No, thank you guys. I'm really glad I had a chance to do this. Uh, I just think it's an exciting time, and I, I just think these opportunities are great. So thank you for giving me the chance to talk to you today. Thank you.